0: Everybody, I'm Sean Reynolds from Sportsnet. About to be joined by Ken Weeb of the Winnipeg Free Press. Together, we are Kenny and Rennie, and this is the Kenny and Rennie Show. After what I thought was, I mean, how much fun was that? That was one of the most fun Jets games I can remember seeing in an in a really really long time. And I like, I think if, if you go back over the years, I mean, there's been some really fun Jets victories. In the past, a lot of those Jets victories had to do with the Jets just kind of pummeling a team. You know what I mean? Some of them uh, having to do with you know some really fun comebacks. The Jets have had some really fun comebacks over the years. I think what makes this fun, this game, this last game, is. Yes. Last season, we saw a version of the Winnipeg Jets at the beginning of the year that had really kind of locked down a blueprint of the defensive style that made them a relevant team for the first half of the season, took them to the top of their conference at one point before everything kind of fell apart. So there was a blueprint that we saw from the Jets last year that really worked while they were playing it. And I think you see a lot of that blueprint involved here, but I think the one thing that makes it a little bit different from what we've seen over the last two games, and yeah, I know the Jets lost the last game, but what I feel I'm seeing from the Winnipeg Jets that makes their style of game so much fun right now is you've got that defensive responsibility, the players locking down, playing their positions, playing a style, pressuring the other team, kind of bullying them as far as, you know, just not allowing them to play with the puck, taking the puck away but I think what you're seeing that maybe is a step above what we saw last year is the entire team bought into and playing that defensive style and yet being absolutely free to play offensively. And I don't know that there's a better example of that, a, a microcosm of that than the play of Mark Shifley. Now this is an interesting one because Mark Shifley you know, you heard a lot of this after he was signed. You heard a lot of this over the, the, the summer. People talking about wanting to move on from Mark Shifley. A lot of people were interested in that. You know, some people weren't. Um, but I'll tell you this time and time again. When Mark Shifley didn't move during the summer, what I heard time and time again from you know, fans who would reach out to me, uh, fans of the team, um, you know, people who watch our show would reach out and they'd basically talk about the idea that they didn't think Mark Shifley was moving because other teams took a look at Mark Shifley and said, we don't want the guy. He's not defensively responsible enough. He doesn't put in enough of an effort. And I'll be, I'll be honest. I didn't just hear that from viewers of the game, watchers of the game, fans of the game. I heard that from other reporters and, and journalists within the sports world as well. And, I th- I don't know that if I that I was ever there at that point. People who watch the show will know that my take on this was like, hey, if you're gonna get rid of Mark Shifley, beware what you wish for. And I said I was a big believer that if another team and the right team grabbed Mark Shifley and put him in the right environment and got him kind of committed to playing a two way game, that Mark Shifley was a very capable person, a very capable player of being that two way player who was dangerous and remained dangerous offensively. And let's be honest, 40 goal scores don't grow on trees guys who can consistently, I think he's six of his last seven years. He's been a point per game producer that doesn't happen very often where I know there's more and more point per game producers in the league as scoring goes up in the league, but to get a guy who does it as consistently as Mark Shifley, it's not easy to get that. The trick was getting them back to playing kind of that style of game. And so if I'm talking about the jets and what I'm seeing is a jets team that is like fully invested in playing the blueprint, playing defensively, being defensively responsible, kind of doing all the right things, I think Mark Shifley is a microcosm of that because these first two games, and yes, it's a small sample size. Let's get that out of the way right off the bat. But in these first two games, I'm seeing a version of Mark Shifley that may be the best version of Mark Shifley that we've seen In a number of years, maybe you're going back to 2018. I mean, Ken talked about it on our last show, a guy like Mark Scheifele, what he did in the 2018 playoffs is one of the greatest examples that we've seen in the NHL over the last five, six, seven years of a guy really hitting the high notes in the playoffs. So we know he's capable of it. I just take a look at this. I see the fight, in the preseason, people are going to disagree with me on this Uh, and the fight that he had. Tonight with Matthew Kachuk, he gets the Gordie Howe hat trick. You're talking about a guy who's fully engaged in every single part of the ice and is out to, to. I don't even know if he's out to prove something. I just think Mark Shifley is out right now trying to hit every single high note in his game I think he's looking pretty good doing it. And I think the Winnipeg Jets are doing the same thing up and down. Contributions from up and down the lineup. We'll get into all of that. If we're going to get into it, well, we might as well get into it with the man who's got the best music in the business. You know who I'm talking about. My partner, he's ready to rock. He's filed his piece for the Winnipeg Free Press, and he's ready to go. Here he comes, my main man, Ken Weeb. Let's bring in Kenny. Kenny, I don't know if you work harder now uh, that you're with the Winnipeg Free Press than you did when you were at sports. And I feel like I haven't got to see you because uh, uh, you weren't in the room right away. I'm sure you were busy doing something. Uh, there's some Winnipeg Free Press people who got it covered off, so it's no big thing. You were there to ask the first question of Rick Bonus um, of a game that uh, I, I just... I'm impressed, and I know that I didn't even touch on the idea of them almost blowing that lead uh, down the stretch in that game, and that's something to talk about, but I was sitting there watching that game with Christian O'Mell, and one point, Christian O'Mell from CJOB were up in the press box, and one point, I just turned over and I said, isn't this fun? Like this style of hockey, the kind of hatred that's brewing. Mark Shifley throwing the, the the mitts. Adam Lowry's goal and how engaged the Jets bench were in making that happen. You know, kind of blowing the the lead the other way. And just I, I took a look at this and I thought to myself, if you were a fan who is thinking of going to that game and you didn't, you missed out. That was I, there's not a better ticket in town than that game here tonight. And if the Winnipeg Jets keep playing the way they are, I don't know that there's going to be a better bit ticket in this town for a long time to come. Ken. Yeah, fun
1: game. Uh, no doubt about that, Sean. Uh, lots of enjoyment. Uh, I was in the room. I I apologize for hiding, but I was around the corner talking uh, to the guy involved in passing the handoff. Uh, yes. Josh Morrissey and also spoke with the goal scorer, Mason Appleton. So uh, that's why I wasn't in the regular scrums there. A fun game. I mean, not necessarily the way that uh, the the end Rick Bonus wanted, but in terms of engagement level and excitement and fun, as you mentioned. I mean, for the majority of the game, the Jets were in pretty good control of the game, especially after giving up the goal early in the second period, 25 seconds in. uh, They really kind of took control when it was four to two, and then, you know, obviously they made it five to two on a goal that was, you know, (laughs) pretty impressive. And we'll get to that in a second, but. Yeah, I mean, the Jets are a fun hockey team to watch. And we've talked about, you know, we talked about depth in our season preview. And we've seen the depth. They had a goal from every line today. Um, the goal was scored by DeMello, but the second line made the play happen. It was Nino Niederreiter on the boards. Cole Perfetti's uh, immaculate vision finding DeMello in the high slot. I mean, uh, third line gets the shorty. I mean, Mark Scheifele, Kyle Connor continue their incredible starts. And then the fourth line looked, <laughs> at the time, Sean, we thought it was the GWG, and then all of a sudden two goals of the extra attacker uh, makes the goal kind of a footnote. But the fourth line scores an impressive goal uh, yeah. themselves. So uh, lots to like, again, as you mentioned. And, you know, solid effort. Uh, the barn was rocking. It was, people were into it. And, you know, ultimately the Jets felt like they probably needed a reward after the way they played in Calgary and came away with nothing. Um, Today they were mostly in control of the hockey game and got a lot of things accomplished. And, um, you know, we talked about the top line the other night, and, man, I mean, (laughs) what more could you ask for uh, outside of maybe if you're Gabriel Velarde and your empty net opportunity goes off the side of the net? um, I mean, he's been a part of everything, even though he's not, you know, racking up the points at the same uh, speed level level as Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley. But uh, definitely I see a player you talked about Mark right out of the gate. I see a player uh, who is highly engaged at both ends of the ice. Rick bonus went out of his way uh, to say it's not just the offensive contributions from Mark Shifley uh, that he is appreciative of so far. And, you know, eliminate Adam Lowry said it. I mean, that elephant in the room Uh, about what was going to happen with potentially with Shifley and Hellebuck has been eliminated. And, you know, as as much as the Jets put on that brave face saying it wasn't going to be a distraction, now it's not going to be a distraction. There's no question mark about that. Those guys are ready. They're engaged. And they're playing, you know, very good hockey. Mark's been outstanding in the first two games. Uh, If he continues to play at this level it's going to be an impressive thing and that's that's why i said to you uh, i thought that whether he was playing for a contract or not uh, i thought mark was ready for you know one probably his best season of his career and i also thought kyle connor was going to be ready and next thing you know you look up and kyle connor has got himself five points in two games including uh, three goals so you know the jets top guns have been performing Uh, but they're also getting contributions throughout the lineup. And that's going to be critical for the jets to potentially take themselves from the mushy middle to maybe contending in the central division here.
0: No doubt. I I mean, I, I have to say just uh, the way that he's handled this, the way that he kind of talked about the uh, uh, you know, the the fight there that it was just like, he, he was going to get it right. He was, he was getting in there and he was going to make something happen uh, one way or another, he was going to stand up for himself. I liked that the way that he handled himself in the press conference afterwards. I thought he got a really Murata Tesh got a real good answer out of him um, when he said basically that the goal that he'd scored was a play that was drawn up created by, and they learned Uh, from Jamie Compon, who was on the other bench with the Florida Panthers. Uh, I thought that was just, you know, a little bit of full on engaged Mark cheeky right there. And Hey, let's be honest. People were talking about the fight and someone was uh, laughing about it in there. I I don't think anyone is ever going to mistake, despite the fact he's a big, strong guy. I don't think anyone's ever going to mistake Mark Shifley as a heavyweight fighter. Uh, But I, I like that moment. It's funny. Again, I was talking with Christian O'Mel from CJOB afterwards, and he'd wondered if Lowry was going to go after uh, Kachuk when he when he got out of the box. And I thought in that moment, like if I were a player, I'd leave that. I'd leave the fact that a guy who's wearing an A and probably you know has the the, the potential. Well, never mind. Obviously, has the potential to be your best player, your best scorer. Um, Having him stand up for himself, I think, sends a message. You don't want it to happen all the time, but I don't think you want to jump in, and especially after he didn't necessarily win that fight, I don't think you want to jump in because maybe it looks like it's like, well, he failed to get retribution on you. I have to jump in now and make sure we get retribution. I I like the idea that you were Adam Lowry and he confirmed it in his post game comments that you just kind of Shife took care of business. You let it happen. It's not about him making sure that he feeds, you know, Kachuk and gets back at him. And let's be honest, like he, he basically fell backwards. It doesn't look good, but Mark Shifley didn't walk into that, uh, that scrum press scrum afterwards with a shiner or any missing teeth or a broken nose or anything like that. He walks out of that situation Basically having fallen over, but the important part about that is that he's there to stand up for himself, that he's sending that message, the same message that he sent in the preseason, that he's just, he's not going to take that. I'm going to go out. I'm going to get a goal. I'm going to get an assist and I'm going to get a fight. I'm going to stand up for myself at every turn. I've done it twice. He's kind of leading the charge as far as what these Winnipeg Jets are trying to be. They're trying to be a team that does the right thing defensively. He's going out and he's doing that right now. They're showing off that they've got a little bit of skill. He's the guy leading the charge. He and Casey, when it comes to the skill, Uh, And I just uh, everything from what he's saying in the press scrums to how he's playing on the ice to how he's playing defense to how he's burying the puck and setting up goals and how he's standing up for himself. I think just really is setting the tone for a team. And I think if you're guys like Gabe Velarde, who's on his line, and I, Alex Fallow, who just came in here, and Rasmus Kupari, who just come in here, and you take a look and you see one guy with an A playing like that, a guy like Adam Lowry doing what he did tonight with the whole stick thing, and Josh Morrissey already ahead of a point-per-game pace on this season and jumping up on the bench, handing that stick out, I think you're looking around and you're thinking, we're in a good place here, guys. We're in a team that's fully engaged. The leaders are leading this is a good place to be. Let's keep pushing down the road again. I think Adam, uh, excuse me, I think Mark Shifley's leading the charge. And boy, oh boy, when when the A's and the C's got handed out, we had this big giant debate about <laughs> Adam Lowry and whether he deserved the C or whether or not uh, Morrissey deserved the C. We weren't really talking about the spot uh, that, that uh, Mark Shifley was in and him and his leadership qualities on this team. They are on full display right now, if you ask me. Yeah, you bet.
1: Sorry about that. For some reason, the uh, they turned out the lights. Uh, we're not in Piyostani, Russia, but uh, I don't know what happened there. The lights in the <laughs> building went off for some reason. Uh, I'm not quite sure. We're just doing our best. Yeah, I mean, the Jets are playing well. Uh, the, sh- the leaders are leading, and that's important for the Jets. And, you know, I liked your question to Rick Bonus. I mean, about looking the same. And that's the thing that we we were wondering. Like, were the Jets going to be able to show that, you know, the second you know, the last third or half or whatever, you know, 25, 30 games, whatever number you want to use, where the jets struggled to look the same. Now they're back to kind of looking the same in all four lines. Of course, the skill level is different, but the way they're attacking has been impressive to me. And yeah, I mean, the Florida will look up and score two empty net or empty extra attacker goals. And the jets gave up a breakaway to Matthew Kachuk. Um, so Uh, they could have easily been tied in this game. So there were still some things to clean up. Um, But at the same time, they're not giving up a ton, especially at five on five. And that, yes, we know two games is a small sample, but we were wondering if the Jets would get back into those old habits or kind of snuff them out. And so far uh, defensively, they've been much more sound in my humble opinion. And, that's allowed them to be one and one and they could easily have three to four points so far. And you're right. The, the guys there up front, the guys leading the charge have been leading the way. But uh, I think the fact that everyone feels like they're part of it, Sean. And I think we can't, you know, undervalue the importance of that. You know, I asked Mason Appleton after the game about the complimentary scoring and he immediately said, we're getting sorry about that piastani is not in russia it's in the czech republic sorry about that Mm -hmm. folks uh world junior reference from a long time ago uh apologies we've got it corrected um so mason right away was saying you know we're getting contributions everywhere rick out of his way contributions from everybody and and he's right so that's important Uh, and where the jets take it from there is way too early to tell but uh, i would say that they're feeling good about themselves and they're getting to the point where it's an, it's an impressive start to the year. And now it's about trying to build on that start. Because, hey, most people who watched the game the other night, Florida looked really good in Minnesota. And today, I don't know, I, Sean, I don't know about you, but I didn't see the same. I mean, we know they're missing two stud defensemen. And playoff Sam Bennett is a handful. No, they didn't look like the same Panthers team that ran their way to the Stanley Cup final last year.
0: No, no, not at all. Uh, and and listen, I, I don't want to go too far down that road because I don't want to take much away from the Winnipeg Jets. Like no. outside of the fact they started making mistakes at the end, I thought had the uh, that had the Stanley Cup final um florida panthers shown up i think still the jets game and the way that they're really pressing teams right now would have been a challenge i mean it would have maybe would have made the game even more fun it was hard to see how that would be uh but but yeah they, they didn't seem at their absolute very top level who knows if they'll get back to that level like maybe maybe they're got a little bit of that and who maybe this is a symptom of being a team coached Um, by Paul Maurice but like that team last year you can say okay well they went to the cup final they should have rolled over the Jets or however you want to put it but they're also a team that the Jets beat late in the season when that team was chasing the playoffs last year and that team basically gets over the playoff line because the Pittsburgh Penguins fall apart towards the end of the season. So who are these Florida Panthers and who are they going to be? Are they going to be the team last year that just barely made it over the playoff line, the same as the Winnipeg Jets just barely made it over the playoff line, or are they going to pick it up and revert to a, uh, the team that made it to the cup final or B, the team that was the president's trophy winners the year before that. So that that's something to be said. Uh, I'd like to get back to the Jets though, but before we do that, I just got to say, I'm liking what you got going on there. You got a little bit of a mafia boss kind of feel <laughs> going on there. The dark shirt, the purple tie, the gray. Hey, I love it. Uh, of course I love it because uh, we know who takes care of us. That's the boys of Vittorio Rossi, Frankie and the boys. And I got to say, Ken, I didn't bring it up earlier on the show, uh, but we've talked about it in the past. I got fat over the summer, uh, and I needed to lose a lot of weight, so I've been grinding the last couple of weeks, because I couldn't fit, I couldn't fit a lot of Frankie and the boys' fits that they've created for me over the years, so just now, I had lost enough just by today to get this bad boy back on, (laughs) Well and man oh man, I love it, it looks sharp, Uh, I'm glad that Frankie and the boys set me up with this, and that was the motivation, if Frankie and the boys are going to go to the bat for you, then you better get your Eaton and the refrigerator in order, and get back into shape for them so uh, thanks to them great stuff hey we're already well into the show so I'd like to jump in and uh, ask for your Trans Canada Brewing Company uh, Lamplighter of the game Ken what were you thinking there's a lot of good choices here
1: oh there's a lot of good choices Sean and you know I, I, it's, this might be the first time we have a little bit of an overlap here but uh, I think I'm gonna have to go with the Gonna have to go with the Mason Appleton game winner. Yeah, while short-handed. Oh, yeah. I mean, I God, there's a couple of pretty ones in there, but not much you can argue about just the whole exchange, the whole way that that play happened—from Adam Lowry passing the baton to Brendan Dillon when his stick was broken after a blocked shot, to the incredible awareness by Josh Morrissey on the bench to hand Adam Lowry a stick. Just when you thought Lowry might just kick the puck and panic and get it out of the zone, he realizes he has time. He looks up. He's got a stick in his chest. He goes on a two-on-one rush. He delivers a backhand sauce. With Depending on who you spoke to, and we spoke to a lot of people, uh, whether it was four inches or a foot too short, Adam Lowry still managed to get a backhand sauce onto the tape of Mason Appleton, which led to the goal. So uh, incredible play by that. And uh, we might have a might have a double, let's just say we might have a double winner uh, when it comes to how that whole play unfolded. And uh, that is what I managed to pound out 900 words of a, uh, supposed to be a sidebar, but it was a, I made it into a full main. Like that, that play was just exceptional on so many levels, Sean, uh, from the awareness on the ice to all of those other things. But I mean, that Turd Ferguson has a good, you know, the, the, the uh, honorable mention, is the Jets responding 10 seconds after giving up a goal no doubt. in the opening minute. Mark Schlify with an absolute great pass to Kyle Connor and Sean, if you look at the replay, the release is so good because he has a defender leaning on his stick and yeah. Kyle Connor pushes right through it and bangs it home. So Yeah. Uh, both those I even mean, definitely honorable mention there, but that goal sequence from the Appleton shorty Uh, Which at the time was the 5 2 goal, ends up being the game winner in a 6 4 game, uh, is my lamplighter.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not even going to go down that road. Although, I mean, when it was brought up, Casey's uh, goal 10 seconds afterwards is really what stops the momentum and turns it back in the Jets' favor, and they just run from there. So you can't argue with that. But uh, uh, maybe we should argue with it. Why not? Let's just argue with it, and people (laughs) feel free to argue argue with it because what is the argument? What it it means is people will be jumping into the chat room and they will be sharing their lamplighter, which is always a good thing because when you do, you are automatically win to win or automatically entered to win a frosty, delicious eight pack of Lamplighter Amber Ale, brought to you by our friends at TransCanada Brewing Company. Uh, Hey, if you want to go get some of your own, if you don't happen to win, because I'm about to announce a winner, you can head on down to their taproom at 11290 Keniston, where Ken and I are going to be having four more... Kenny and Rennie live shows there this year and a year ender like we had last year. Absolutely love hanging out in that place. Love it when you can join us. Let's do it again. We'll get you the dates right away. Let's do it next show. And we'll announce the dates and people can start buying up their tickets for those because they do go fast. Um, But Hey, I am ready to announce the winner of this one. And like I said, I've always said this, you put it in the chat room, you put it up on YouTube, you direct message me. A lot of people have done that. Tonight, our winner from the last uh, last show, the uh, winner of the Lamplighter Award, goes to at Noxy2133, who sent me a message, or actually didn't send me a message, just wrote his response down on the YouTube page after the last YouTube video. So he wins the Frosty Delicious 8-pack of Lamplighter Amber Ale, brought to you by our friends at Transcanner Brewing Company. You know the drill. You got to get a hold of me. Send me a message on Twitter. Uh, and uh, let me know your email address and your full name so I can send it to you, and you will have your very own frosty, delicious eight-pack of lamplighter amber ale brought to you by our friends at Canada Brewing Company. If you don't do it before the next game, it goes back into the pool, and the next person has the possibility of winning two eight packs of lamplighter embryo. I love that because what it does, Ken, from a very selfish Kenny and Rennie point of view, if you're not tuning in to every episode of Kenny and Rennie, you may miss that you are the winner. So that's why you got to tune in every time. And the same rules are going to go for our next award that we're ready to hand out. Ken. So quickly, folks, you
1: can also send your notes and emails and stuff to me. I was feeling a little left out. Sean got all these personal touches on the awards and i got nothing this week so uh, i'm a man of the people ken
0: (laughs) i'm a man of the people get out of your ivory tower and maybe some people will start sending you their lamplighters and their keg save of the games and all that get out of the ivory tower and it'll happen i was inundated with them ken i was inundated so uh Maybe yeah. this is a You're, you problem and not yeah. a chat room Renny problem. Your popularity um,
1: hey. is soaring. Your popularity yeah. is
0: soaring. <laughs> no, <laughs> no doubt, <laughs> Ken, your keg save of the game.
1: Oh boy, hella uh, hellabuck save of the game comes when?
0: Um, well, it can go both ways. It can go
1: both ways. Yeah, you know what. Uh, super stumper right now where he had one really good one on the power play i believe uh it was off barkoff i'm going to go with that one for me, but maybe some other folks are uh, a little bit you know firmer with their responses but uh i think there was a really it was in that first period when the game was uh, still pretty tight there was a, a save off barkoff uh on the power play that i'm going to think of i don't have the time right now but uh that that's the one that sticks out most to me did you have one uh, I mean, I was going to say, and uh, Beer League has a good one here, save of the game is made, actually, by the post here. I'll totally. A shorthanded I'll give break. it to it. <laughs> let's I'll go give it to I'm it. I'm going to change my mind here, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go no back doubt. to that. that uh, just when it was looking like the Jets were going to uh, get in the old hot tub time machine and go back to the Carolina game last August, yeah. November on that Monday night where they had three extra attacker goals and Sean, in that situation, I don't even think the, they hadn't even got Bobrovsky to the bench yet. They were still short-handed when Kachuk got away on that short-handed breakaway. So, hey, yeah, we're gonna go with that.
0: I, I think Eric Horley, Horleyson. Uh, no, 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 no He's I. Ruining th- it the other no save of the game is or, Listen, Sorry, the only other. Time I, I'm going to say Eric, I'm going to say this. We Josh Morrissey doesn't get an assist for that. This is the game-winning goal that Come goes on. from being a player kicking a puck out of the zone and nothing. And Josh Morrissey doesn't get an assist; he gets, acc- you know, he gets accolades from his teammates and so forth. Eric Horley, sorry, sorry, bud, Horleyson he- just found a way to give a deserving and and prestigious award. To Josh Morrissey, he saved that play. I, I like the turn he's made on this. Hey. I'll go with this all day long. Okay, Eric, I'm I'm back in Eric okay. here. Josh Morrissey gets the keg save of the game by giving Lowry a stick to get the pass on, to Appleton I've for already... the game-winning goal. Oh I love gosh. it. I love okay. it. I'm this guy's going just with
1: tearing it. up the. Rece- he's just tearing up the show program because he's also going to win the. We've got you covered. Come on, Eric, you're a frequent listener. He can't have saved the game, but he can have. We've got you covered. It's worthy of two
0: prestigious awards. Right. So he
1: he got the lamplighter and the we've got you covered. He can't also have save of the game.
0: This is a controversy. This is uh, the first test. And that's brought to you by the good
1: folks from the Johnston group, as you know.
0: Just get the get the divorce lawyer on the phone, people. Eric, Eric, hey, listen, you and your free press people are getting between you and oh, I. Eric Schulevson and is getting in between you and I. Now I need someone on my side. I'm feeling lonely over here. Anyways, well, say people, something
1: smart if you want something on someone on your side.
0: <laughs> <Come> on. <laughs> what? What did you just say? Oh my goodness! This is this is it's unraveling. It's unraveling this entire thing. You've said so you said plenty got, of we things. We got you covered by the lately. Johnson Group. Got to say, uh, hey, regardless, got you covered. Uh, I like it. I like that. Uh, And I love it that uh, we got the uh, Kenny and Renny OGs back to Johnson Group. Uh, So supportive of us and supportive of this program. Do you run a small business in Canada? Look to Canada's number one employee benefits plan, Chambers plan to give you a competitive edge. Chambers plan is the simple, stable, smart choice for over 30,000 businesses countrywide. Visit chamberplan.ca to learn more. I was singing their praises on the golf course a bunch of times this summer. When I was talking with small business guys, I'd always be like, have you ever checked into the Johnson group? Like they can make your employees lives so much better. Uh, Great guys. I just have to rewind and we got to go and hand out the award for the keg save of the game that you hijacked because you just figure that you can make up the rules as you go along. That's not how it goes, Ken, but this is a new one. I don't know if it's someone just throwing out a new handle, but, A loves Winnipeg Jets. A, capital A, loves Winnipeg Jets was a handle that was in the chat room last game. And they shared with us their keg save of the game. And because they did, they are lined up to claim a $50 gift certificate to the keg uh, just Absolutely wonderful restaurant that uh, I'm hungry right now just thinking about it. But the same rules apply. You got to get a hold of Rennie. Direct message me. Send me a message on Twitter. Give me your full name because A Loves Winnipeg Jets is definitely like unless they went and changed their name over that. That's hardcore. I need your name. I need an email for us to send that to you too. Same rules apply. You have until the show. Or sorry, you have until the beginning of the next Jets game, which is on Tuesday, to uh, claim your prize. If not, we're giving away a $100 gift certificate to the keg after the next show. So you are on the clock, just like Noxie2133 is on the clock for the lamplighter. Uh, Great stuff. And hey, I got to say this. Wow. Uh, You know you've got a winner Uh, with the keg on board and the keg save of the game because so many people engaged with that last time. So many people threw their name into the hat. Keep doing it, ladies and gentlemen. Like we said, 82 shows. There's a lot of gift certificates to go around because, hey, like I said... Our friends at the keg, they're making it rain this year. There's cards. Keep your eyes down. There's sharp edges on those cards when it's raining. But there's a lot coming out here. So keep on sharing your save of the game, uh, your keg save of the game, everybody. Uh, there's a lot to go around. Thanks for that, Ken. Uh, let's get to the depth, okay? I challenged the depth in our last show. Um, and there's actually a lot of things that I'd said in the last one. Now, hey, listen, I'm going to give Rennie credit where Rennie's due. Um, I have been saying for a long time, Mark Scheifele is that guy that if you can get him engaged in doing the things we've seen him be a good defensive center, we've seen him be, uh, you know, a, a great scorer. I thought, you know, if he went to another team, you're risking him becoming all those things and being. I'd said it time and time again. He could have been the pickup of this summer for a team. Uh, I think what we're seeing now is a payoff from what I was saying. Something that didn't pay off so much was a my criticism. Of Rasmus Kapari last game uh, and my challenging the Jets' depth because boy, oh boy, did their depth look good. And boy, oh boy, did Rasmus Kapari show off everything I thought I hadn't seen in him in him setting up that goal of Morgan Barron's.
1: Yeah, I mean, good burst there again and a really nice play down low. Won the battle with Josh Mahura to begin with um, and then actually showed pretty good patience before he went for the spin shot that led to the. Uh, rebound goal for Morgan Barron, but really love that shift. Sean, that was the pursuit of the puck that we haven't seen as much in the opener. Uh, and we really saw a really nice job on the four check there. Um, you know, I think maybe if you're, if you're from the Panthers, I'm, I'm not, I don't think it was a blatant penalty, but definitely there was um, like, it seemed like that was one of the things where both guys kind of clipped each other's skates and that kind of might've led to Mahura falling down there. But it was a great puck pursuit by Kapari, and then he really made a nice play with the puck uh, down low leading leading into the goal. Kapari tonight, uh, just under nine, just under 10 minutes, nine, 18 shifts for 9.55. So as we talked about going into the year, the Jets need to play that fourth line around 10 minutes, including their special teams time, and they're right around that again this evening where Morgan Barron is at 9.29, Kapari... Uh, just under 10 minutes, and then Nemesnikov, 10.44. So, uh, I I thought a lot to like in that game for sure from Kapari, and uh, he needed a bounce back. Um, We talked about it. It was a tough last shift on the uh, game-winning goal, and you know this is the way you want young players to bounce back, and uh, that's what we saw from Kapari this evening. Uh, What did he finished with uh, just the one shot on net, one hit, and 53% in the face-off circle, and Uh, The Jets got crushed by Calgary the other night, but ended up going 60-40 on the plus side today in the dot. And Mark Shifley was an absolute beast beast. in the circle. Uh, 19 wins, 5 losses for 79%, um, you know, leading the charge. And then you had Adam Lowry at 67%. And actually Perfetti was 3 for 9 only, so he was still under needs work, but uh, this time, three of the four Jets at 50% or better, and Shifley at 79. Like, that's as dominant as Elias Lindholm was uh, the other day on Wednesday. So I- impressive uh, recovery in the dot by the Jets, and not just the centers. That means the wingers are working, the defensemen are working, and they did a much better job. But yeah, I like that line a lot. Uh, we know that some of those guys will get bump-up shifts after special teams, and uh, it's important for the Jets to keep leaning on those guys because... Let's face it, they don't want to be leaning on their top guns um, you know, for 24 minutes a night, even though sometimes they will, obviously.
0: Yeah. You know what I find fascinating about, uh, and, and I'll get to Kapari because I need to get to Kapari because, uh, I mean, I, I laid it out there, but when it comes to the depth and what we're seeing from the Winnipeg Jets right now, um, I had said this before we headed into the season and on our season preview that, I, you know, the Jets last year seemed like a team that were more prepared to get to their game than any other team. And that's why I thought they were kind of shot out of a cannon last season and did so well to start out the season. And I'd question their ability to do so based on their pre their their uh, their, yeah, their preseason and the way that they kind of ran out of runway in getting prepared. Asked Rick Bonus about that tonight because A, he had talked last year, and you mentioned the question I asked about all the lines looking like each other, because that's what I'm seeing right now is I'm seeing all the lines playing the exact same kind of defensive game and then getting down and adding their offensive flair to it, right? And you know, clearly Mark shifley and uh Kyle Connor are gonna have more offensive flair than other lines, but what I find is that when they're in the neutral zone, when they're in their own zone, it looks the same as the other lines, right? That's the hallmark of success uh, if you are a Rick Bonus, That's what he said last year. He agreed it's this this year. The question for me is how did they get to it when we didn't see that from them in the preseason and all of a sudden it's there, all of a sudden it's arrived, Right. And I thought it was pretty fascinating because I'm going into the season, I'm questioning their ability to do it based on the preseason and how long it'll take to get there. And I wasn't the only one. Rick Bonus was as well, right? Basically, I'd asked him because what had happened was after that last preseason game, there was a wide swath of practices that the Jets were going to be able to have before they opened against the Calgary Flames. And what happened was after that last preseason game in which they lost and didn't really look that good in Rick bonus, went into the room and said, okay, it's over that the preseason's over all we've got left are practices. So what we need to do now, yes, we had injuries. Yes, we had sickness. We got to work our way out of this. Now we got to work our way into being ready to go And where we need to be by the time the season starts. And so they went doing that. And I asked him, I thought, you know, maybe for a coach, he was like, well, that the game was Wednesday by Monday. I saw it click in. No, he didn't see that. What Rick bonus thought was like, I I don't know what this team is going to look like until they get into real game action. That's Wednesday. So when did Rick bonus know that the Winnipeg Jets were going to be able to play like this? He didn't know until they dropped the puck on Wednesday Wednesday against the Calgary Flames. And and that, to me, is the amazing part of this. That's a real challenge that the Winnipeg Jets went through. They had every excuse to not look on top of their game at the start of the season. And I think we're both admitting or or suggesting here that what we're seeing from the Florida Panthers are a team that, doesn't look like they're on top of their game at the beginning of the year. I'm sure we could go around the league and start taking a look at a bunch of other teams and say the same thing, but credit to the Winnipeg Jets coaching staff for setting a standard and saying, this is what it's going to take to get through that credit to the Jets players for coming in and grinding to get to a place where everyone is on the same page and playing how they should be And credit to the leadership group, because I take a look at this and I think down the stretch here, it's guys like Kyle Connor, guys like Mark Scheifele, it's guys like Adam Lowry, and it's guys like Josh Morrissey who are leading the way. Getting into the depth side of things here, I'll tell you this. When you got guys like Rasmus Kapari, uh, when you've got guys like Alex Iofalo especially, and when you've got guys like Gabe Velarde who come from a team last year that was very defensively responsible, they've jumped in and they've really helped out a lot, and they've done so because it's never a bad thing to add guys who come from a team that's demanded that they be defensively accountable and really put that effort in. Those guys have come and applied that to this new team. And when you talk about the one, two, three, four lines, that all contributed to that tonight. And the contributions we saw from all four lines, the other night, those guys tip your cap to them. Cause Gabe Velarde is fitting in right. Well, with Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley, uh, I really do think that I, Alex Iafal is adding a new element and Hey, Two minutes left in the game. It's his play that draws the penalty that essentially snuffs out the comeback that was supposed to happen in this game. Made it a little bit easier on the Winnipeg Jets, definitely, even though they did get a breakaway after that. And there you go. Rasmus Kapari. It's a way of me getting to what I was saying last time. I hadn't seen the puck hound Uh, I hadn't seen the really forechecking player. I hadn't seen the guy with, you know, offensive potential in training camp. I definitely didn't see it in the first game. uh, I got caught on that last goal of the game where the Jets end up losing, at least sending that to overtime. But man, oh man, the way he turned over that puck, ground down, knocked his player down from behind the net, took it out front. And I will say this, Ken, one thing I've noticed about Rasmus Kapari time and time again, I think we've talked about it, He's always looking to the, to pass to the point that it feels like he's he's passing by scoring chances to try and force the puck maybe that's a confidence thing I don't know but you saw a little bit of it there where he comes out and he's looking to pass, he's looking to pass, he's looking to pass, and then finally he just button hooks, goes to the net, and just throws it on net, and that ends up being what creates the the chaos and creates the goal in that play. If Rasmus Kupari gets more to doing that, just getting it to the front of the net, I think the offensive potential that if if that's what people are talking about, I see that's where the offensive potential comes from, but I saw the glimpses tonight of the things that I've been hearing about Rasmus Kapari, which is why i said someone said that i was sitting on the fence or non-committal about it last show it's why i said i'm not saying that he doesn't have potential but i'm saying all these the potential that he's supposed to have i haven't seen it yet i got a glimpse of it tonight
1: yeah i liked his game and uh yeah i mean it's, it's it's a work in progress like this is a guy who's still kind of growing into uh his game and i think today we saw some of those um you know skills on display there's going to be a transitional phase we know that every every player going to a new team is going to have that kind of a thing especially uh, when you're a guy like Kapari whose role has kind of been uh, you know here and there you know he's been pushed by Todd McClellan you know that's where he became a more defensively responsible player it's when he became a little bit more of an agitator Uh, but now this is a guy who's been a guy who's created some offense in the past and if he can create some off today's kind of a goal that Barron scored is a confidence booster getting an assist you know making a hit making a play getting to the net all of those things that's going to help him feel better about his game and and will allow him to potentially take that next step uh uh, All right. Should, but hey,
0: before we get going here, yeah. I wanted to throw us our friend North End Rick is on the show. He says, hopefully Elers can knock the rust off. That second line needs him in a big way. Maybe we should get to either as the topic right after this. But I just wanted to point out North End Rick. Hey, he's just not it, it's it's the the hair club <laughs> for men guy. I'm not I'm not just part of the show. I'm a client as well. Kind of thing. North and Rick is here. You've seen him for years and years. Some takes are good. I think this is a great take. Some of his takes, Rick, I, I'm going to say it. I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, you would seen the Jets going maybe 2-8, and eight, just like you did last season. You got called out for that. It's starting to happen again. I don't know. But Rick, uh, don't hold his takes against him. What you should take a hold against him is his very, very good work that he does. He's the guy who goes out and if you need some work done, roofing, siding, exteriors, all those kind of things, basically I would say if you've got a problem with your home, maybe your first call should be to pristine roofing and siding. And if you do call, North End Rick's going to be the guy who shows up because he's the guy who goes around and the prices out the jobs and, and uh, does a lot of – he's a, a bit of a face of that company. And you know what? He's at the point where uh, we're able to just throw his number out on the show. If you need any of that kind of work done – Here's the deal, you're going to get on the phone, you're going to call North End Rick at 12049816289. Uh and if you want to just call the office because Rick is uh you know, if you're if you're going to hold his takes against them that bad, I suggest you don't, but if you need to Give a call to Pristine Roofing at one 237 7667 We love meeting up with the uh, the folks outside the show, and I know a lot of you do as well. We've seen it at our live events where it's just, you know, people love to get together and, hey, I'm this person from the show. This is my handle from the show. Call in North End, Rick. You can talk some hockey, and you can have maybe, maybe, probably most definitely the best roofing company in the city come down and take care of whatever issues you have folks and before we do shut down shut all this down i wanted to just give a shout out to cambrian credit union i was there with the kiddos today i've said this in the past ken we are believers in the people who have shown they want they believe in us and cambrian credit union we're believers in of course because we've both got our mortgages there We've got bank accounts there. I took my kids there. One of them is heading on a big band trip this year. She opened up a savings camp, uh, savings account. It was easy as pie. We're trying to get her saving and doing it properly. Our youngest went in as well, saving a little bit better than the oldest. I don't know if that's. uh, (laughs) I know, Ken. Are you a good saver? Uh,
1: I'm a good saver. I'm not a great budgeter. Let's let's put it that way. Aren't they? They're
0: they're somewhat the same thing, aren't they? Are you, You're just looking for a trap to out of this. Hey, news flash! can we not a great saver? Don't borrow this man money, uh, unless you're Cambrian Union, who know how to take care of that and set someone up right so they can handle those situations. Great to have Cambrian on board again this year. Okay, let's move to Nick Ehlers. We were talking about it before Rick brought him up. Um, what are you seeing out of Nick? I mean, I think uh, we were seeing the flashes Uh, I mean, I'll tell you this one play tonight that I just absolutely loved and I thought was indicative of, you know, the 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 work ethic that the Jets are working with yep. right now is when Nick Ehlers comes zooming back as, as the Florida Panthers are entering the zone, he just pickpockets. This guy turns around and heads straight back up ice, creates an opportunity there. The the elements are there. We're seeing a little bit of it. I, I would suggest we're just at a stage where we need to see more consistency out of Nick Ehlers from the drop of the puck to the end of the whistle after 60 minutes.
1: Yeah. He's finding his way, Sean. Like this reminds me of Nikolai Ehlers, Coming back from the sports hernia, quite frankly, and that's when people were going wild about why is he not playing 22 minutes a game? And (laughs) you, you had a great example. That back check is fantastic because it's showing his two way effort, and it's the back pressure is such an important element to this aggressive system the Jets want to play. Now, is Nikolai Ehlers been as dangerous offensively as we have been expecting of him? Not necessarily. But there are flashes and I think he's had some good bursts. You know, even tonight where he wasn't maybe crazy noticeable, still has five shot attempts. You know, only one shot on goal but five attempts. And now he's just getting easing his way kind of back into it. And that line isn't playing a ton, Sean. Nicola Ehlers eleven thirty two. Um, Cole Perfetti eleven forty four and Nino Niederreiter ten fifty seven. So that line isn't playing a ton for a second line, or what mm-hmm. you know. We know that Adam Lowry's you know shutdown responsibilities will have him playing quite a bit, but I think that that line is finding its groove, finding its way, and all of them can get better. Having said all that, that line is essential to the Dylan DeMello goal, Nino Niederreiter. wins an incredible board battle, gets the puck to Perfetti, and then just when you thought he might have actually been passing it to Ehlers in the slot, it goes past Ehlers intentionally to Dylan DeMello, who rips the puck past Bobrovsky and was quite happy about it. I saw him, he came off from doing the post-game interview um, on Jets TV, and he was laughing about the snipe. Like, he had a great year last year, especially offensively, but it kind of got lost in the weeds because his partner was a Norris Trophy candidate and put up almost a point a game. So uh, DeMello, nice goal, but that doesn't happen without the play along the boards. So um, important that that line, even on a night where they didn't play a ton, were able to still contribute a goal. As you mentioned, sometimes a play like the back check that Ehlers made is as important as scoring a goal, Sean, Because it shows that that line is committed to the other element in the game. So to me, I think that's really important. And where it goes from here, I expect that line to get more ice time. And I expect them to be incredibly impactful. Because all three players are smart players who can contribute a lot at this level. And as I mentioned, that goal was impressive. And the back check to me, equally impressive. I think Nikolai Ehlers is going to get in a groove. He didn't have much time in the preseason. That's a fact. So even though he had felt better than he had in years after a great summer of training, you can't just miss six preseason games and and practice was it even a third of the time? Would you even go I don't even think it was a third of the time. He no. missed a whole week basically. So he's yeah. playing catch up, but I still expect him to be a dominant force. For the Jets, provided he can stay healthy, and I think that line's just going to get into a rhythm and and really find its groove. Uh, We should one other quick topic unscheduled here. Elliot Friedman on uh, on the intermission apparently just mentioned that the Jets are one of the teams kicking the tires on Connor Garland from the Vancouver Canucks. Um, Mm. Just a quick thought on that. There's been a lot of you know a little bit of. you know, conjecture on the uh, socials here. What do you? What are your thoughts on Garland? He's a guy who makes $5 million right now. Uh, there's some talk of retention, maybe, you know, at 30%. It makes him a $3 million player. Uh, this is a guy who, you know, had a great year with the Arizona Coyotes, was well, not a great fit with the Vancouver Canucks necessarily. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just curious for your thoughts. I think that there's some potential for a guy like Garland, but, If you're the Jets, I don't think you should give up a whole lot. And in terms of fit, you know, is he a better fit on that third line with Adam Lowry? I don't know. I mean, I need to be convinced. I think there's some potential for him, but I would say that Mason Appleton has played well in the first two games. uh, And that's certainly going to help his standing when it comes to uh, what the third line might look like as we move along here. So right now, I think it's important for the Jets. I'm not saying Garland couldn't help the Jets, But I think if the Jets are really going all in after signing those two extensions with Hellebuck and Shifley, I think the Jets should be aiming higher than Connor Garland, with all due respect to Connor Garland, who can be a complimentary contributor.
0: I'm gonna give you the. Uh, I'm gonna give you my answer. I'm gonna do it after uh, because Tishu said I showed up for the headband. What the heck? We're gonna run out of time here, and I have got a hockey game to get to here tonight. Yeah, so let's do it. Let's make this uh, Sean's headband version of the Kenny and Rennie show. Let's go. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I see this as an opportunity. I could see the jets kicking the tires and the reason they would is, uh, I mean, I think that they can get that player as a salary dump, right? So it's one of these ways that they go about like adding assets into the organization without having to give anything up in the process. And then now, like, I know what you're saying about aiming high, then maybe they can kind of stockpile their assets. And if they do want to aim really high, they don't have to, they can kind of do this in the meantime kind of thing. I'm with you, and I mean, I'm the guy who said in the last show that my belief is if you really, really want that third line to sing, you you probably got to get a player that scores more consistently than Mason Appleton on that line. Now, he gets a goal tonight. He shows time and time again why he's very good at grinding people down, but he wouldn't have the ability to put the puck in the net the way that a guy like Connor Garland does. Now, Ken, am I correct? Connor Garland, is he a former CHL leading scorer?
1: uh i'll have to go back i think i looked at uh, this i
0: i went back the other day and looked at this i I, and i think i was surprised to see it but i i do think that that's the case um so you've got a guy that has the potential to put the puck in the net did so and the one thing i'll say about this is i think where he's a real yeah i think where he's a real match for the winnipeg jets is that what the Jets are trying to do right now, the players that they keep bringing in, and so like what we saw from that play with Rasmus Kupari, if he has that potential, keeps going forward, you've got that as well, right? Alex Ayafalo is one of these guys who's just like, he's going to dog you over and over and over and over again throughout a game. That's what Connor Garland does with a little bit of a scoring touch. Now, he's not the biggest guy in the world, right? So if you're bringing him in, you're kind of trading off a little bit, especially with a guy like Mason Appleton, who I believe is about six foot two and a strong guy. Uh, I'm not saying that you can't get it accomplished with a smaller frame. Connor Garland does and has in the past, but that's the only kind of move I see. But maybe there's, you know, potential to move him up and down the lineup. Maybe you put him up on that I, I don't know that maybe you do what I was saying, where you put Niederreiter down on that line. If you've got Lowry, Iafalo, Niederreiter, you've got this big, heavy grinding line that can score as well. And maybe that's the best version of a third line that the Jets have had before, uh, if you're able to put that together. And Connor Garland goes up. So maybe they feel they're one scoring uh intense guy away from being a really really dangerous three line team. So I could see it. Um I know what you're saying about aiming higher. Uh I I'm not sure who comes out of the lineup at that stage. You know does Nemestikov become a ex- expendable yeah, at can't. that stage ahead of Morgan Barron because I really think what Morgan Barron is showing is he's taking a step forward. Boy oh boy if I, we don't get to talk about it before we go. We're going to have to at some point. is Dylan Sandberg ever taken a step forward this season? Holy smokes, he's playing good hockey. But as far as the Connor Garland thing, I, I could see it. He he gives you nonstop compete, and I really do think yeah. what the Jets are trying to do is every move that they've made. The added that, Niederreiter added that, the players that they brought in from LA. It's clearly what the Jets are targeting, and so I, I this makes sense to me. And Elliot. Hey, let's go back on this. Elliot was one of the first guys to report when hellebuck and, and uh, Shifley came back to town that they were going to take a look. And he thought that the Jets were going to try and take a run at signing these guys. Elliott Friedman, though, I've learned time and time again. I remember when he said that. I thought that he didn't have it right. What I've learned time and time again is when I think that Elliot's got it wrong, uh, usually I end up being wrong in that situation here. So I could see this happening, and I could tell you the way Connor Garland plays, the way that he competes, the Jets have been targeting that exact kind of thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is is happening at all.
1: And just a quick one: I think the Nashville Predators were kind of one of the other teams linked uh, to Connor Garland. I could for, see that too for yeah. the folks uh, in the cap side. He currently has a $4.95 million cap hit. He's under contract for three seasons. And Sean, what we know about the jets, they like term when they can get it. Of course. One thing that I would caution in that from talking to some folks that were around the Canucks, I think that there was some belief that Garland might want to go to an American team. So based on what we know about the jets and vibes and everything else, and Rick bonus loudly proclaiming that no one has a foot out the door, um, you want to be sure that if you're looking at trading for Garland, uh, that he's not going to be one of these guys who's asking out of here after, you know, three to six months or whatever it is. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, all the things you said, high motor, uh, he can give you some complimentary offense and all those other things for sure. Uh, and when I say aiming higher, uh, I just mean that, you know, getting someone who he's, he's a nice complimentary piece, but if the jets are going to be going all in, you know, and I, you know, I'm going to use this example because I used it last year, and these two guys played together in Moncton. He was on a line with Ivan Barbashev, so I would yeah. prefer a little bit more of a Barbashev-style player to Garland, but as you mentioned, I mean, for a guy who's 165, he gets pretty involved and is has a high engagement level, so there's yeah. a lot about him to like. I'm just not 100% sure. I mean, some folks in the chat room are asking about Shane Pinto. If the Jets could get Shane Pinto, right on, but the but the cost of acquisition for a Shane Pinto versus the cost of acquisition for a Connor Garland is substantially different. And the key oh, yeah. difference also is that Pinto is an RFA who needs a new deal and yep. is a clear-cut number two center or can grow into that role. Whereas Garland right now and in the stage of his career is more of a third-line complementary player. So that's yeah. why, I mean, I, if you're the Jets, aim higher. But now you're talking about a way steeper cost of acquisition.
0: Yeah, and probably futures, right? Like if you're going to go after a player like Shane Pinto, what? Uh, like, but yeah, it's Ottawa, not Ottawa doesn't.
1: Ottawa was trying to win now too, though, right? So they don't right. really want futures.
0: Well, but 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 they can't they can't fit anyone else in under their salary cap. That's the problem, right? So for them, they'd be willing to move out the future because they think they've got a pretty solid core as they have right now and then bring in futures. So there's time for them to mature into making some money that, that, that that's the one thing I would say, but y- you are right. If there's a way that they can swing some kind of financial deal where they'd get people in the now, maybe they'd want to make that move, but uh, that's a really tricky situation. What's happened with their salary situation in Ottawa. And they can't um, move
1: them before Josh Norris is healthy. Right. So like, this is another no thing. doubt and they want to keep him. That's the biggest yeah. thing. They just might
0: not be able to find the money to do so. No doubt, um, shed some salary. Okay, uh, just a, I, let, let's end with three thoughts. Okay, let's just uh, we'll we'll I'll give you three thoughts. You give me three thoughts, sure. Uh, and then because we're gonna have to get out of here. This is one of those shows that could easily go two hours. I just don't have the two hours to give. Uh, go back to Sandberg. This kid's taking a step forward. He is in everyone's kitchen. He's like applying pressure. Like you want to talk about this pressure system. The jets are playing. You don't play it without the defense being really engaged. He is giving no space. He's suffocating guys aren't even getting close to the zone. It's hard enough for them to get out of their own end. And they're basically just chipping the puck past him and giving it away to the jets because Sandberg is on what I see from that player is a guy who's just taken a step forward in confidence and is that much more comfortable in his skin and on the ice at the NHL level, I'll say this, like, I don't see... You know especially if he continues doing this and the way he looks like he's playing to me he' it's not like he's playing above himself he looks like he's figured things out. I don't see there being much of an opportunity for Logan's for him to come out of the lineup and Logan Stanley to pop into the lineup he looks to me like a player that you'd have a hard time taking out of the lineup right now Josh Morrissey uh just absolutely. On it right now, again, two points here tonight, a point in his first game, him getting the stick over. But a play that I think was really subtle was on the empty net goal. There's every reason for the Jets to be panicking. They've lost all the momentum. Uh, the, the, you the, you that They've made mistakes to allow them back into the game. Josh gets the puck behind. There's a little bit of pressure. And a lot of players in that position just would have skated and fired it out. He skates the puck out of danger, has a look, takes a look around, draws all the players from Florida kind of to his side of the ice, which opens up KC on the other side of the ice. He fires it over. I know it's an empty net goal, and people don't think those goals, those kind of goals are a really big deal, but, um, that play is a play that potentially could have been a giveaway or could have been an icing or could have been something that didn't work out in the Jets favor and allowed the Florida Panthers to plan a little more. Instead, it's a calm, cool, collected play by him to get the puck out, get it over to Casey and put the final nail in the coffin in that game. Uh Morrissey is exactly as his coach had picked up right where, uh, where he did, picked up where he left off last season. And last season, I thought he left off as being one of the best defensemen in the league, so good on that. And Cole Perfetti, yes, that goal he sets up for Dylan DeMello, it's a little bit of a showing of what he can do, right? Like, So that's what he's capable of. The more comfortable he gets, the more like right now I see him really as a balance right now. And the balance right now is it's tough being a second line center. And that's, I think, weighing on him. But the more time he spends, the more plays like that you're going to see. So you're looking to watch that balance come a a little bit closer for Cole Perfetti. I thought it was a good play he made there tonight. It was good to see him get that one in because he creates that goal.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, My three thoughts, uh, top line really driving the bus right now. I really enjoyed how Gabriel Velarde has fit in with those two, uh, with Mark Scheifele and Kyle Connor. Uh, It's not always going to be perfect, but these two are incredibly dynamic players, and Velarde has an elite hockey mind as well, and I think that he's going to start really settling in and getting on a groove and doing a nice job on that line, and I think he could be an explosive player in terms of his offensive production. Um, Mason Appleton, Sean, we talked about it. He's a guy who needs to produce more offense if he wants to play in that third-line role. Goal and an assist today. I've really liked how engaged he's been physically. Uh, We know that he's done a nice job on the penalty kill for years with Adam Lowry, but if he can add that offensive component and stay healthy, let's not forget... This was a guy who was Rookie of the Year in the American Hockey League and had some really good numbers that he put up at the minor league level. He's a guy that can really help that complementary scoring for the Jets. And my third thing is not related to the Jets. It's something that we got to talk about more in depth uh, down the road. But uh, my third point is I absolutely hate the NHL's decision to ban the pride tape. Yeah, I good hope for that- bringing that up. And good on some of the Jets players for speaking out this week about it. Uh, I hope that we see the tape and who cares about the fine. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to get ahead of my skis here, but I'm pretty sure that uh, they can handle their own fines, but that's something where uh, I don't like it at all. And I hope that they will eventually rescind that rule and come back and uh, allow players to show that as a way of being a little bit more inclusive. Uh, They need to be true to the hockey is for everyone theme and, showing support through something as simple as pride tape is important to do. And I hope that they come around on this issue.
0: Just absolutely lame by them. What I'm hoping is it turns into a good story and that the coaches or excuse me, the players in the league, I would like to see start just absolutely kind of sticking it to this rule and thumbing their nose at it. And what that would show, I think, is while the league got this wrong, the ability for players to go out and kind of fight for something, I think would mean a lot. I'm hoping that happens. We'll see. I loved hearing that the Jets were talking about just taking the fine. Ken, uh, I, sorry, I got to say this uh, because we had this conversation. I got to get this out because I kind of need to Uh, and I had a conversation that I was going to. I want to share a story with the permission of one of the players uh, because, you know, this is almost like a retraction situation. If you're in the paper and you print something and you didn't get it right, you want to retract that and you want to kind of put it in the same space. This conversation had happened in this space. uh, And again, I share this with the permission of Josh Morrissey, who this is about. Josh Morrissey, after practice yesterday, asked me to stay behind and have a conversation with him. And so we did so. And what Josh brought up was that he'd heard on our podcast. I talked about on our, our captaincy podcast. If, uh, if you haven't checked this out, it's worth checking out. It's kind of one of those timeless episodes, but we kind of debated the merits of Adam Lowry and Josh Morrissey and so on and so forth. And I think I've made it clear. I thought that Josh Morrissey would be the guy that would get in there. I think Adam Lowry is doing an absolutely phenomenal job. I said, there's no wrong answers here, but I, Did then and still kind of think that like my vote would have been behind josh morrissey but in explaining why i thought maybe that didn't happen behind the scenes i had said that josh was wearing it by the end of the season that i thought he carried the team for the first two thirds of the season by the end of it he was wearing it a little bit then you know in that historic collapse and all those things he admitted to that um one thing though is i told the story about us being in a scrum cannon what they do is they put the jets names up on the board if they're going to be talking to the media and josh came in he looked over at the board and he wasn't on today and he had this kind of like thank god look on his face and what i did is i took that as an example of josh really towards the end being being kind of uh you know like fed up with Dealing with the media and that, you know, is another example of it wearing on him. Another thing is that big game he had in St. Louis where he basically picks the Jets up and wheels them back into that game. We had a game ending interview on Hockey Night in Canada in which he said, you know, like, he felt like he was feeling the tension between the players, between the players and the fan, between the players and the media. Right. So I just took that as that. Um, Josh wanted me to know that. And and this this just goes to show you the class individual that he is. Josh said he wanted me to know that if I felt in any way that he was like sick of talking to the media or if that I felt disrespected by that, He doesn't remember feeling that way, that if he did look at the board and walked in and did that, it just would have been one of these goofy like, oh, thanks, I don't have to talk to the media anymore. There wasn't any kind of like anger or malice or anything behind it. I made it clear to Josh that I never – ever in my entire dealings with the Winnipeg Jets have once felt disrespected by him. Josh Morrissey, if I haven't made it clear in this in this spot before, I've failed to do my job. Josh Morrissey is an absolute class human being who has never, ever faltered at treating people with anything but respect and making people feel valued and in the room. He said it again, he reiterated, he thinks it's a symbiotic relationship between the media and the players. They don't exist without us. We don't exist without them. I couldn't agree anymore. Uh, But the fact that I attributed potentially Josh Morrissey feeling a certain way about something based on a reaction that I saw him have What I should have done before I shared that and based my idea that I think Josh Morrissey feels like this because he did this, I should have gone over to Josh and said, Josh, I saw you do that. Do you feel this way? That's where I fell down in this, and I'd like to correct that. We don't always get it right. It's important to me to be accountable. And in this case, I needed to be accountable to not going over and asking that of Josh. I very much appreciate the fact and I told him that. I appreciate the fact that he called me over and wanted to have a conversation about it. I could not feel more respected by the way he handled it. I hope, hope that he feels respected in the way that we've, uh, th- that, that I've handled that in this space. Uh, because again, if I'm not, making josh morrissey feel respected uh, and valued in in the time that he gives us, then I'm not making him feel the way that he makes me feel on a daily basis, and it's very much appreciated that he does. So great job by Josh Morrissey. Thank you for doing that, Josh. And thanks for everyone for listening in through that. We like to take you behind the scenes, I think take you behind the scenes, showing you how amazing Josh Morrissey is as, as, as a player and as a person behind the scenes. I hope you uh, got a look into it by me telling that story. Ken, anything to say before we go?
1: No, well said. Thanks for sharing. And thanks for Josh for helping to, we, we, always like you said, we always want to get it right. So if we always say if players have an issue uh, with what's being reported or what's been interpreted, uh, we want them to come to us and we are, you know, appreciative that they're feeling comfortable enough to share those things with us because it shows that they're valuing our opinions as well, which is you want that two way street.
0: No doubt. Uh, And I'll just make this clear as well. Went to Scott Brown afterwards, uh, who is the Jets PR guy, uh, made it clear to him that I appreciated that interaction happening and said to him, I don't know how many players watch the show, if any watch the show, if they hear about it. But regardless, if they are any Winnipeg Jets out there, like any issues you have with the way that we cover things, if we're getting something wrong, uh, Scott Brown has our number. Always feel free to reach out uh, and let us know because we're trying to get this right at every point. We don't always do that. If you can help us get it right, it just helps our audience. We appreciate that. Thank you to the audience for sticking through this. Uh, Again, uh, we love the engagement you had uh, the last time. Keep it going. So it's just a reminder share with us your lamplighters, share with us your keg saves of the game. Uh, because it gives you an opportunity to win some really cool stuff from our sponsors who always do their best to try and spoil all of you in the chat room, all of you who listen. uh, Just got to say, I've said it once, I'll say it a hundred times. If you appreciate the conversations happening in these spaces, please appreciate and support our sponsors who love to spoil you and fight to keep the conversation going in these spaces for us. That's Vittorio Rossi, the Transcanter Brewing Company, the Keg, the Johnston Group, Pristine Roofing, and Cambrian Credit Union. Thanks to them. Thanks to you, Kenny. Thanks to everybody out there. We can't wait to talk to you again. That's going to be the Kenny and Rennie postgame show after the next game against the LA Kings. That'll happen on Tuesday. Can't wait to talk to you then. See you later, everybody.